Last week, a record number of Chinese military planes entered airspace near Taiwan. These planes were not welcome or even politically allowed. Well, for two consecutive days, China has violated Taiwan's airspace by flying military jets around the self-governing island unannounced. Sending nearly 150 warplanes into Taiwan's air defense zone, forcing Taiwan's fighter jets to scramble. And it's, it's not the fact that they did do these incursions. These incursions do periodically happen. That's Ishan Theroar. He covers foreign affairs for The Post. But the frequency and the volume was striking. And then also the types of planes that were used. They, these included bombers. These included anti-submarine planes. In other words, war planes that made people in Taiwan worry that they were under threat. And all of that lends to a broader narrative that's in motion, that China is really inching and inching closer towards being prepared for an invasion of Taiwan. From the newsroom of The Washington Post, this is Post Reports. I'm Martine Powers. It's Thursday, October 14th. Today on our show, how these airplanes symbolize an increasingly tense relationship between mainland China and Taiwan, and how that's putting the U.S. in a very awkward situation. But to understand what's happening now, you have to go back to 1949, to this moment when Taiwan declared its own independence from China. In 1949, the Chinese communists under Mao Zedong defeated uh, the Chinese nationalists under Chiang Kai-shek. Chiang, who was, of course, a darling of the United States, fled with his nationalist forces to the island of Taiwan, which is just 100 miles opposite China's southeast coast from Fujian province. Taiwan was, for a time, historically part of China. It also existed under a period of Japanese colonialism. But by 1949, it became the sanctuary for a defeated wing in China's civil war, the nationalists under Chiang Kai-shek. From that day forward, the Chinese nationalist government in Taiwan declared itself the Republic of China, while you had, under communists in Beijing, the People's Republic of China. And on certain levels, the Republic of China and Taiwan extends claims over various parts of China. And of course, the PRC in Beijing, which is, of course, at this point, the far more powerful actor, views Taiwan as part of its country, as part of China. And so it's, it functions nominally in China, in Beijing's view, as a kind of renegade province. In the immediate decades after 1949, many Western governments, many governments in general, still recognized the nationalists over the communists. The U.S. only switched its recognition from Taiwan to China under Henry Kissinger and Nixon's opening to Beijing. And that switch in recognition has defined the somewhat murky relationship that the U.S. now has to this situation. Because, of course, the United States, in many ways, is supportive of Taiwan, uh, has sold arms to Taiwan, and believes in Taiwan's right to exist in its kind of de facto status, free of Chinese bullying and the threat of invasion. But at the same time, it also formally recognizes Beijing over Taipei. And and then the leaders in Taiwan, do they see themselves as part of China or do they aspire to be a country that is very much independent? There are divisions on this. On one hand, you have the KMT, which is the, the Chinese nationalists, the, the people who ultimately came to Taiwan from the mainland, who have long espoused a kind of softer policy towards China, a view, and there, there was an era where you had 
KMT leaders who espoused uh, a set of politics that could have put Taiwan on the course towards some kind of unification with China, perhaps in the kind of one country, two systems mold that existed in Hong Kong. On the other hand, you have the other party, the DPP, which is now currently in power, that traces some of its support politically from people who don't see themselves as Chinese, who have a kind of direct and clear Taiwanese nationalist view of things, and who have no interest in any kind of real reconciliation or unification with Beijing. And the DPP is now in power uh, with the very charismatic and a rather interesting figure in President Tsai Ing-wen. They seem to embody the current mood in Taiwan, which is drifting away from any thought of unification with China towards a more robust position that is independent uh, from China and that could lead one day to the Taiwanese government pushing and applying pressure on its kind of crypto allies like the United States to also reconsider their view of its status. So what has been the reaction in Taiwan seeing these planes flying into space that Taiwan considers its own and essentially getting bolder in asserting themselves against Taiwan? There's a degree of alarm. The broader reaction there is one where you know the Taiwanese public looks at what's happening in China writ large under President Xi Jinping, the extent to which Xi's China has become a, a more ruthless, a more rapacious, a more hardline uh, kind of political actor in Asia. Taiwan saw how Xi's government has essentially quashed many of Hong Kong's de democratic freedoms. President Tsai Ing-wen in Taiwan has reached out to Hong Kong activists and has given sanctuary to a whole number of pro-democracy figures who have had to flee Hong Kong. We will continue to bolster our national defense and demonstrate our determination to defend ourselves in order to ensure that nobody can force Taiwan to take the path China has laid out for us. A path that offers neither a free and democratic way of life for Taiwan. And so that, that really strikes a very resonant note on the island in Taiwan because they now see that any hope that they have in preserving their freedoms, their democracy, comes alongside taking a pretty tough and stubborn approach toward the mainland. You saw President Tsai at the National Day speeches that she delivered this past weekend talk about the need to really boost Taiwan's defenses, to uh, stare down the threat posed by China. But at the same time, there is a recognition that for decades, the simple presence and fact of American military might in the Asia-Pacific was a significant enough deterrent to China ever considering an aggressive military action against Taiwan. But now the, that calculus is changing. The Chinese military deepened its capabilities. And at the end of the day, people also recognize that for whatever the U.S. may care about its relationship with Taiwan and Taiwan's democracy and so forth, it does not care about Taiwan nearly as much as Xi Jinping cares about Taiwan. So what has China said about this and how are they explaining these warplanes that have been flying close to Taiwan? I mean, are they saying, yeah, we're thinking about invading, or at least this is, in fact, an act of aggression. No, I mean, obviously they wouldn't put it in those terms. They'd say it's routine exercises. They would point to all the exercises the U.S. participates in areas and regions that are close to China's territory and, and interests. President Xi Jinping uh, over the weekend also delivered remarks on Taiwan and spoke chiefly about his desire for a peaceful unification. He has this very uh, enunciated Taiwan dream that he has repeated on various times. 
that that yeah at the end of the day in his view we are the same people we are all chinese and um, we can coexist and live together and be part of one political entity national reunification by peaceful means best serves the interests of the chinese nation as a whole which includes our compatriots in taiwan the taiwan question is an internal matter for china most people in Taiwan are not, are not interested in that. They want to preserve their country and their democracy. And at the same time, it's also important to recognize that while she can talk about this in terms in peaceful terms, he has also spoken of unification as an inevitability, as something that's going to have to happen. Taiwan independence is the greatest obstacle to national reunification and a serious hidden danger to national rejuvenation. Those who forget their heritage, betray their motherland, and seek to split the country will come to no good. And they will be spurned by the people and condemned by history. In his view, the question of Taiwan is a domestic matter, not a question of foreign policy. He's also tapping into a degree of real nationalist sentiment within China about the fact that Taiwan should, in the view of many Chinese, have a much closer and perhaps even subservient relationship to Beijing. So do you feel like it's fair to put this along the same lines as what's going on in Hong Kong, what's going on with the Uyghurs, that this is all about China consolidating power and making sure that everyone that is within its purview feels like they are part of China and that China enforces their will on these other entities? Absolutely. You do see this the kind of hardline approach that she has taken on, say, Hong Kong and cr- essentially crushing one country, two systems there. China's longstanding repressive uh, behaviors in places like Xinjiang and Tibet. And then, of course, its view towards Taiwan. I think especially the Taiwanese, they notice this too. And they see uh, what their fate may be as a much smaller entity in China's shadow were they to initiate some kind of political process of, of reconciliation or unification. And that's why many are not interested anymore. After the break, what this means for the shifting balance of power in the world and what a war over Taiwan would look like. And in previous decades, these kind of simulations would have shown a pretty swift American response, checking of Chinese advances and kind of quick slapback of a Chinese incursion. Now all these war games show are really worrying signs that the U.S. and its allies in the Asia-Pacific may not be able to thwart this invasion. We'll be right back. This podcast is sponsored by Monarch Money. Are you saving to reach your financial goals? Reaching those goals isn't just about getting more money, but by managing what you have. And the best way to manage your money? Monarch Money. Monarch Money is a new kind of finance app that's intuitive, powerful, ad-free, and takes the headaches out of budgeting. Try it free when you go to monarchmoney.com podcast. Monarch puts all your accounts, investments, transactions, and finances at your fingertips. With a complete view of your finances, you'll gain insights on your spending and find new ways to save. Plus, Monarch lets you customize your dashboard, collaborate with your partner, set custom budgets and goals, and track your progress toward them. See why Mint users are turning to Monarch Money and loving it, and why the Wall Street Journal named Monarch Money the best budgeting app overall. Get a 30-day free trial when you go to monarchmoney.com podcast. That's M-O-N-A-R-C-H money.com podcast for your free trial. 
monarchmoney.com slash podcast. So, Sean, you said that President Xi Jinping of China said that he wants to reunite with Taiwan, quote, peacefully. But Taiwan, on the other hand, is saying that they will not bow to pressure. So it sounds like that kind of eliminates the possibility that any of this is actually going to go down peacefully. No one believes that war is, is imminent, that China is about to press the button and go ahead and invade Taiwan. But what we're seeing is the steady erosion of the military status quo that existed around the island and a recognition that the balance of power is shifting towards China in a certain way. You had both in the Pentagon and in Washington's national security think tank community, various experts carrying out war games, simulations of what a war over Taiwan could look like. And how much would the U.S. be willing to put on the line if there was a situation where China was invading or threatening Taiwan, that it seems like the policy, at least historically, has been to recognize China having some form of control over Taiwan. But at the same time, I mean, so much of what you hear from the Biden administration is pushing back against China, is that China is our adversary and we need to be strong against China. So I wonder how the U.S. government views Taiwan in either this entity that they have to respect belongs to China or this pawn that they can use to push back against China's growing power? I mean, what you're asking is what essentially may become the dominant foreign policy question in Washington in the next decade. Because Taiwan has gone from being a sort of comfortable afterthought to a pretty loaded political question. Should Taiwan be a red line for American foreign policy? Should the defense of Taiwan be something that an American government has to guarantee. You are seeing a growing debate, both in Congress, but also among foreign policy experts, over to what extent defending Taiwan is genuinely in American interest. And what do you think is the answer to that question? On many levels, Taiwan shouldn't matter that it's a country of 25 million people that historically has close relations to the mainland. Uh, it is a country that will matter way more to Chinese national sentiment than to American national sentiment. Anybody who has spent time reporting or visiting Taiwan, it, you, you go there and you recognize that it is a deeply special country. Taiwan, in many ways, is a repudiation of uh, the Chinese Communist Party's line that the Chinese cannot be democratic, that they need these kind of strong centralizing might of the Communist Party to govern. Taiwan is an incredibly vibrant democracy. And I think you're seeing that in Washington. There are a lot of people, especially now among the Republicans, who want to take what's always been a kind of covert support for the Taiwanese uh, and make it much more overt. They want to have more formal contacts between government officials. They want to more tightly coordinate security policy. And even, and in some corners... There are people who argue that the U.S. has maintained this policy of what's called strategic ambiguity about its view of the Taiwan and China question. And there are some people calling now for the U.S. to dispense with that strategic ambiguity. And to view Taiwan as a clear ally, to even perhaps recognize uh, its claims for independence. And that would drive a huge and complicated new wedge in the, the U.S. relationship with China. Ishan Theroar is a columnist covering foreign affairs, geopolitics, and history for The Post. He writes the newsletter Today's Worldview. Ariel Plotnik produced this story. Sean Carter mixed today's show. 
If this analysis is valuable to you, please consider a subscription to The Washington Post. Right now, you can try The Post for just a dollar a week, which gets you unlimited access to everything we publish. Learn more at WashingtonPost.com slash subscribe. I'm Martine Powers. We'll be back tomorrow with more stories from The Washington Post.